0: Amanda, remember that time one of Henry VIII's wives actually outlived him?
1: time and historical
0: podcast i'm your host amanda webb and i'm your host anna webb and this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history and today hey we, here we are we've reached the end of this particular line we're going to talk about the last of henry the wives
1: finally <laughs> we're we'll finally here uh, we won't have to talk about him for like
0: a minute. We haven't reached the end of the tutor line yet. We will get there eventually. Yes. <laughs> but um, we're going to discuss the last two wives today. I can't
1: wait to be free of this man's romantic life. Oh my God. <laughs> I, Amanda, I've learned that you can never really be totally free from... Oh yes, no. Life. I know he'll haunt us for a while, but to not have to talk about our teenage locker (laughs) Henry for like a minute will be so nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. That is fair. Until we start talking about his kids. Yes. Which I will do.
1: But then he'll be more of an absentee dad and less of a whiny teenager. That's
0: true. And at a certain point in their stories he dies. So Ah, excellent. He also dies at the end of this story, so. (laughs)
1: Hurrah (laughs) Living my best life today.
0: Yeah. So before we get into the last of the Catherines The last of the Catherine. (laughs) They're both named Catherine. I know. I like that. (laughs) Um, Would you like a drink update? Yes, of course. Great. Today, I'm enjoying a rosé apple cider.
1: Oh, that sounds so good. I saw it in the store
0: and I was like, oh, I have been feeling a rosé lately. I've been feeling a cider lately. They're both just like really nice, like good weather drinks, you know? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm so i was like i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna go for it love yourself it's strongbow, not a sponsor but could be mm.
1: and it's very good it's got nice. like a little bit of pear Ooh, it's nice nice i'm drinking water um <laughs> who's surprised but it's mostly just because my allergies are really bad so
0: oh, yeah oh shoot gotta I stay hydrated it too far y'all. back i tipped it too far back bubbly
1: <laughs> bubbly <laughs> tragic it's
0: okay it didn't overflow
1: Disaster. Disaster on the podcast. Panic.
0: on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Don't worry about it.
0: Alright, let's get into these Catherines. Yeah, let's do it. So, we last left off with Henry annulling his marriage to Anne of Cleves.
1: Which was, like, so chill compared to all the rest of them.
0: Yeah, but also, like, in a mean way. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she did get a good deal, and they were friends for the rest of his life. So I mean, I guess there's that. And mm-hmm. the next wife gets an even worse deal. Oh, no. So let's talk about Catherine Howard, who Let's is do it. The next wife of Henry. So she is here we go, she's probably born <laughs> in Lambeth in fifteen
1: twenty three. Ah, uh, my favorite game is probably were they born. born. Probably born is a fun (laughs) phrase. One that you don't hear so often anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we have records and things now. At
1: least there's like a definite year.
0: There was a a year. (laughs) Yes. It was the where that. that was the question.
1: I will take the year.
0: Yeah. So Catherine's mother dies when she's around five years old. Oh, sad. Yeah. And Catherine and some of her siblings are sent to live with her father's stepmother,
1: Oh, man, that's some real Cinderella nonsense. Oh,
0: girl, you just wait. (laughs)
1: Um, Who is the Dowager
0: Duchess of Norfolk? Um, Agnes Howard. Agnes Howard? Agnes Howard, if you don't know, listener, is uh, the person that the dorm room that I lived in in college and that Amanda now lives in. Well, not at this moment, but when she's in college, (laughs) she lives there. Um, It's named after someone named Agnes Howard. And she is a ghost and she haunts it. Uh Uh-huh. She's my best friend. Yeah, I get along really well with Aggie. (laughs) Uh, This Agnes Howard, not so much. (laughs) Good to know. A little bit different. Um, So both, okay. Here we go. Both Anne Boleyn, who you will remember was also Uh the wife of Henry, and Uh Catherine Howard are Agnes Howard's step-granddaughters. So Uh. (laughs) Catherine's father's sister oh jesus so Catherine's aunt elizabeth okay is anne boleyn's mother
1: oh so they're
0: first cousins
1: oh wow yeah that's very close
0: and that means that Catherine howard and elizabeth the first who is anne's daughter and then becomes elizabeth of england that makes them first cousins once removed
1: oh man in so, muck. Oh, wait until we get getting, to the
0: other Catherine.
1: Getting just a little too close to, for comfort, <laughs> oof, not, oof. not way too close, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Catherine's father
0: is an aristocrat. Um, my iTunes is trying to start for some reason. What are you doing? Cute. Um, <laughs> uh, but he's not wealthy. Um, he's a One of the younger sons in a family of around twenty-one children. Hey, that's a lot of
1: children. Yeah,
0: so there are like a lot of people ahead of him who inherited all the money. Right. Um, So he's not very wealthy, but he comes from. I'm sure that happens with twenty-one children. Yeah, it's a heck of a lot. It's too many.
1: That's too many. It's too
0: many. Too many children. Catherine's mother had five children from her first marriage, which was before Catherine's father, and then another six with Catherine's oh, Lord. father.
1: So, Catherine is probably like her 10th child. God, oh, that is again too many children.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um and then Catherine's father dies in 1539. So, she's essentially an orphan mm-hmm. and she's living with her father's stepmother.
1: This is literally Cinderella. Yeah, it kind
0: of is, except that <sighs> that's Cinderella's stepmother not her father's stepmother but but still anyway um agnes has very large households at chesworth house and horsham house in sussex so she has like a lot of land and a lot of property um and at another house in lambeth and so lots of children of aristocrats whose family didn't have money Went to live with her, and mm-hmm. that was pretty common. Like people would educate uh, aristocrats would send their kids out to be educated at other houses, at, like great houses. Yeah. yeah. Um. So she has like a lot of young people living in
1: her home She has like a bunch of like wards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Agnes's supervision is pretty lax. She's like rarely ever there. She goes to court a lot. She doesn't really care for any of the children. Um, so while Catherine is in these homes, she is around some older girls. She's very easily influenced by them. And these girls would often, um, allow men to come into their sleeping quarters and the men Ah. would reward them with like wine and food and, you know, gifts. And so Catherine, this was like a common occurrence for her.
1: Around her. Mm -hmm.
0: She's not well-educated. Oh, what is happening? What? My computer started playing music. Why is my iTunes just opening?
1: That's so weird. It's doing it again. What is happening? Haunted. There is a ghost in my house. Haunted computer.
0: I thought maybe at first, like maybe my phone was doing it. But here's the thing. It started opening a few minutes ago when we were talking. And then just now it started playing music and it was open Mm. the whole
1: time. That's so haunted. I'm gonna leave the haunted comu- computer in. That was
0: really <laughs> weird. It's really weird. I'm. De- I mean, I'm hundred percent haunted because it goes through my straightener off a shelf in my closet the other day. Anyway. Yep. Oh. So Kath Back to Catherine. Um. She's not well educated. She's known for being like giggly. And oh my god, it's doing it again. Um, so she's known for being like giggly and bubbly and, you know, she, she likes that fun. Like, I like that fun.
1: Um. Like Lydia Bennett. Yeah.
0: Why does this keep
1: happening? Quit it.
0: (laughs) What do you think you're doing? Oh, so anyway. Mm -hmm. A ghost has been invading my computer. It's totally fine. Um, so she's got like a bubbly personality. She's like, yeah, like you said, like kind of like Lydia Bennett. Mm -hmm. So, where it gets a little dark. Oh, no. So, around 1536, Catherine is about 13 years old. She's molested repeatedly Ugh. at the Duchess's home, the Duchess's Agnes, if you remember, uh-huh. um, in Horsham by uh, her music teacher, Henry Mannix, Ugh. who at the time was 36. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, that happens for about two years. Ugh. Until in 1538, she she moves to her house in Lambeth and like leaves that home. Mm-hmm. Um, when she gets to Lambeth, she starts being pursued by a man named Francis
1: Durham, Durham, Durham.
0: I, I never <laughs> remember how they pronounce it.
1: You said that um, just barely differently, so it just sounded like you just had like a moment. It's like, it's like Durham. Uh huh. Okay, um, <laughs> who he's a
0: secretary of the, of the Duchess, uh, Dowager Duchess, whatever her title is. Um, and Catherine and Francis allegedly become lovers, and they refer to each other as husband and wife. Darum also starts sort of treating Catherine like a wife. Even though they're not married. They're not married, uh, but he, like she takes care of his money while he's away. Lots of Catherine's roommates are maids for the Dowager Duchess. Uh Uh-huh. And a lot of them knew about their relationship. And when the Dowager Duchess found out, the the relationship ended. But a lot of people believed that they had basically agreed to marry each other, you know, eventually. So Catherine's uncle, who's the Duke of Norfolk... Norfolk, I always say it wrong. I do um, too. Finds her a place at court. Um, and so she's, while she's there, she's one of Anne of Cleve's ladies in waiting. Oh, a who's
1: Surprise.
0: <laughs> There's a bit of a trend. And of course, Henry takes an interest in her yeah, because she's course. young and, you know, fun and he's old and unhappy.
1: Terrible and, uh, <laughs> you know, how it goes.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Norfolk sees this as an opportunity to sort of start gaining favor in the same way that Anne Boleyn's family did, which was like, you saw how that worked out for them. I yeah. think that's a good idea. Catherine's family are like devout Catholics. And Norfolk um really hopes that Catherine being popular with the king will kind of help them convince him to bring Roman Catholicism back to England.
1: Right, right, right. There's a lot
0: Which... of that kind of thing going on with these uh-huh. Last marriages. Uh-huh. Hold on, I have to take a sip. Okay. Mmm. Bubbly. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, at this time, Henry is still married to Anne. He has no interest in her. Um, he likes Catherine. He calls Catherine his rose without a thorn and the very jewel of womanhood. Oh, God. I hate him so much. I know, right? But let's be honest. Like, she's she is young, and what he sees in her is not only fun, like, he's miserable. Yeah. He wants somebody fun to be around. Yeah. And also, she'll, she'll listen. She doesn't have opinions of her own yet because she's young. She's not well-educated. So it will be easy for him to just like tell her whatever. Yeah, and she doesn't have an agenda. So she's not gonna be like
1: his other wives. Whispering in his ear, like you should do this or do that. He can yeah. do whatever he wants. God. He is just like a life vampire. He just like sucks <laughs> the lives out of these women. Literally. He's the worst. Like I think that's how he survived so much. Yes. Yes. And and it's like sad that the one that he actually
0: really got along with. He still kind of sucked the life out of her because she died yeah. in childbirth.
1: Like, yeah. Oh, man. Well, and then, like, he likes Anne, but he's not attracted to her. So he's like, oh, got to find another wife, even though they could have just, like, lived. Well, and he doesn't you know? even start liking her until after they're, they're yeah. not married anymore. Yeah. Because he
0: has no interest in her. So July 9th, uh, 1540, this is when Henry and Anne's marriage is annulled. Right, which we have discussed. Yes, July 28th, 1540. Henry and Catherine Howard are married by Bishop Bonner of London at he Oatlands Palace. Wastes not a second. No, and even more to the point, this is the same day that Thomas Cromwell is executed <laughs> for messing everything up between Henry and Anne.
1: Oh, an execution and a wedding in the same day. How English. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, I can't believe I—he is just the worst. Yeah, there's something like poetic
0: about his whole thing, but he—but he's not doing it on purpose. So it's like, yeah, man.
1: just be single for a couple days, man. Just, like, like, find yourself. Just like go ride a horse in the woods and leave the world alone for a few days. Put
0: on Pinot Grigio by <laughs> Lady Gaga. Have yourself a girls' night. Find like, find
1: yourself. <laughs> Uh, Let the queer eye guys come and make over your life, yeah, Henry. Right? So true.
0: Um, additionally, when they get married, Catherine is sixteen. Oh, Henry is forty-nine.
1: Holy crap!
0: So that's cute.
1: That's not he. She is uh, less than half of his age.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> gross. <sighs> um, she's a,
1: like a fourth of his age. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ew.
0: literally could be his daughter.
1: <coughs> yeah. It's disgusting.
0: Yeah, really gross. I wonder how old Mary was at the
1: time. Oh my god. <gasps> Probably pretty close. Let me see. Find you out might what have her to birth- do some math. Yeah, for find me, out yeah. what her birth year is. I'll do the math.
0: She was born in fifteen sixteen.
1: She was twenty four. Oh. His
0: daughter was older than his wife. Hold on, what about Elizabeth? Elizabeth was born. In 1533. So. She was seven. Seven. And then his youngest. Oh, shoot. Where'd he go? I just had his page up. I can't believe his oldest
1: daughter was older than his wife.
0: Um, His youngest child, Edward, was born in 1537. So he's like three at the three. time. <laughs> Happy. Here, here's your new stepmother. She's 16. You're three. Good luck. <laughs>
1: Good luck. I feel like every time he gets married, just everyone around him is just like, good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> so Let's true. Let's see how this goes, everybody involved. Everybody, especially his new wife. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, do you think somebody just walks up to every one of his new wives and is just like, good luck? I hope you don't die? Like,
0: I think they already know.
1: Yeah. Um. So their marriage is made public on August
0: 8th, so it was kept pretty quiet for a while. Not that long. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, for the amount of time that they, in their society, found more acceptable, I guess. Um, Catherine is not involved in matters of state. She's too young. She yeah. doesn't know about I would about call
1: 16 it. too young, maybe. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> they, no plans are ever made for her coronation. Which is telling. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it did... <laughs> that was never really a chance um many of Catherine's family members moved to court right she adopts the motto i'm not gonna try to say it in latin <laughs> good but call it means no other wish but his <laughs> oh baby girl <sighs> it's disgusting. like ironic uh,
1: it's so bad they oh, so honeymoon
0: through uh Reading and buckingham Sure. Henry, at this time, is getting more and more moody. He's getting older. His health is not very good. He's got that ulcer on his leg that just won't heal. Yep. He's in constant pain. Um, I just found this interesting. Here's a quote. He accused conciliars of being lying time servers and began to regret losing Cromwell.
1: Well, buddy. That's on you, man. Oh, my dude. (laughs) I wish I could just sit down at a table with this man Mm -hmm. and just be like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Just take a step back. I just want you to take like, actually take like 20 steps back and just lock yourself in your room. (laughs) Yeah. Just like here, let me write it all down for you. And I'd like for you to just read this book of your life. And I just need you to think about it for a minute. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Think mm -hmm. about your life. Think about your choices. Look at your life. Look at your choices. Yes. Yes.
0: So you know they're like making preparations for any signs of her becoming pregnant, and then that's when they'll decide to have her crowned um but <laughs> as you will soon find, I love,
1: I love that they reached this point, that oh, yeah. they were, like not oh, even man. Worth if she doesn't she if she, doesn't, if she, get she doesn't get pregnant within the next like ten days, I'm just not gonna crown her, <laughs> yeah, um, but they never even get to that point, oh, so. Geez. Here we go.
0: Here's the, the thing of it. 1541. A year they
1: have been married.
0: Yeah. And probably not even quite a year at this point, uh. I would guess. Maybe close to it. Uh. Um, Rumors start circulating at court that Catherine Howard is involved with Thomas Culpepper, who works for the king. He He's very close with the king. The king likes him a lot. He, Thomas Culpepper, uh, dresses the king in the morning. Mm. He undresses him at night. He's with him all the time. She had, while she was still, uh, serving Anne of Cleves, she had considered marrying Culpepper. So it's like already known that they know each other and were in some way or another intimate.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and there were lots of rumors and allegations that they were meeting in secret.
1: I wish you could see my face through half of the stuff <laughs> oh that God. we talk about, because it's just like I'm watching a car crash, and I, I know, can't look away. It's like,
0: girl, are you stupid? Like, I know that you should be allowed to do whatever you want, and the king cheats on all of his wives, but, like, he also has the power to behead you. So, girl, come on. Oh, It's just, um, their meetings were said to have been arranged by... One of Catherine's ladies-in-waiting, Jane Boleyn, who (laughs) I'm sure you have guessed it, um, (laughs) was the widow of George Boleyn, who was Anne's brother, who, if you recall, was executed executed. for allegedly sleeping with his sister.
1: Oh, my God. It's so bad. Yeah. So
0: Jane Boleyn, Lady Rockford, which is her title, um, is, is apparently arranging for them to meet. In autumn of fifteen forty-one, Catherine starts getting blackmailed by people who knew her before she came to court. They are threatening to disclose her sexual past. They're um, asking to be appointed to her household um, for, like, in exchange for their silence, which she does, obviously. Um,
1: okay, and then he he just. He really didn't do his research on this one. No, he jumped right into it. Yeah, because, like, all of his other wives have, like, come from, like, this family, and he's known these people for long well, enough. Well, and he and, like, usually
0: has someone in place to do the checking, but he had just decided Thomas Cromwell was going to be executed. Uh, execute
1: the checker. Yeah. So, so enter Mary
0: and John LaSalle. They're brother and sister. They know Catherine before she comes to court. John wants Mary to try to get into the Queen's household. Mary says, no, I like her. She, she's a good person. I don't want to blackmail her. John doesn't like this. So he approaches the Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Cranmer, and basically says, I know what the Queen did before she came here. And so does my sister. And we can confirm that for you. So Thomas Cranmer questions them and Mary gives it up. She's like, yeah, she she was not a virgin when she married the king. <sighs> so, Cranmer does not like Catherine's family. You know, he's not, he doesn't like that they're Catholic. Uh, and he's not trying to let them get in with Henry.
1: He's been around for a while, right? Yeah. Thomas Cranmer? Yeah. We've
0: talked about him before. He's been H- Henry's
1: archbishop for a while. Okay, that's what I
0: thought. Yeah. Um. Then, Lady Rockford, who you will remember, is technically Catherine's cousin, <laughs> um, is interrogated and she confirms, yes, I have been arranging meetings between Catherine and Culpepper.
1: Oh my God. This is like, this is some Othello nonsense. <laughs> it really is. That we're getting into now. Yeah.
0: So they search Culpepper's rooms and they find
1: a love letter. Oh my God. It's literally a. I know. <laughs> Catherine wrote it and signed it. Oh, bud yeah. gotta be gotta work
0: harder than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, if you read the letter, it could easily be read as oh, they're just dear friends, right, but she's also the queen <laughs> and and she can't be doing stuff. She's like married that. to a vengeful man, and she can't express affection for another man. It's just yeah, too easily misinterpreted.
1: It's dangerous for yes. her.
0: And interestingly enough, this is the only letter of Catherine's that still survives other than the confession she writes later. Huh. Yeah. So, on November 1st, 1541, it's All Saints Day. Henry is going to his private mass. Uh Uh-huh. He goes in to his, like, chapel or whatever you want to call it. And there's a note waiting for him on his bench, his seat. That is basically, um, essentially a warrant for Catherine's arrest.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Initially, he does not believe that any of these allegations are true. And because he's so enamored with Catherine that he's like, people are just trying to, like, ruin her. They're just trying to give her a bad name. So investigate (laughs) it, but do it in quiet.
1: This is wild because... Of all of his wives, she is the most likely to have actually done something wrong, yes, but you have to consider and it's that the at the only thi- one it's the only one he won't, yeah, but
0: you have to consider that at this point, he has had so many failed marriages, and now he's married to somebody who's young and could easily provide him with another son. yeah, and he's like, "Is this gonna fail again? Like, seriously, another one? He's as tired
1: of it as we are, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. I, I still can't get over how aggressively this is literally just the plot of Othello. Yeah. Uh, her, yeah. Whole, her whole life is a combination of Cinderella and Othello. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, where do you think Shakespeare got it from?
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know.
0: Um. So they continue the investigation, but they're doing it on the down low. Here comes Margaret Bennett. She knew Catherine before she came to court, and she testifies that she saw Catherine and Durham, who you will remember from earlier, um, engaging in some sort of sexual conduct uh conduct before you know she was married to the king oof and this is when henry's like okay she really wasn't a virgin before we got married and
1: uh neither were you bucko
0: <laughs> yeah but she's supposed to be i know and he was married before so he would have an excuse right? oh no i know <laughs> and so he's like oh god another one here we go <laughs>
1: another one bites the dust <laughs> another one um
0: he played yourself. <laughs> I couldn't let that pass. Um, he, never, he
1: never stops playing himself. never
0: stops playing himself. <laughs> November 7th, 1541, Catherine is questioned by a delegation of conciliars at West, West, Winchester Palace. Catherine's demeanor during the questioning is, like, very erratic and frantic. And she's just crying and yelling, like... She panics. She totally panics. Right. And, um... Well, she's, like, what, 17 at this point? Yeah. I don't blame her. Yeah. And, um, to the point where the guards are ordered to remove anything from the room that she could possibly use to commit suicide. Ugh. Because they really think she's, like, just gonna lose it.
1: I feel bad for this kid. I feel so bad for her in
0: a lot of ways. She eventually writes a full confession and is, like, basically begging for Henry's forgiveness henry really wants to spare her life but cranmer believes that she that catherine is still seeing darham
1: to be clear i don't think cranmer believes that at all but he will say but that that's what he's to saying. get rid of her right, right right because the difference here is that
0: um if their relationship ended it wouldn't be treason she right. still wouldn't be able to still be married to him but she wouldn't have to be executed he had he had the option to not execute her at that point she denies that she had any kind of marriage contract with hit with Durham, um and she actually insists that he
1: raped her which honestly is possible well she was like probably 15 when they were together so regardless of whether or not he actually did he did technically by today's
0: standards yes he did yes um they can't prove whether or not she did have a pre-contract with him but you know, she could if if she had a pre contract with him, that would mean she was promised to marry him, and then the Henry and Catherine's marriage could have been annulled, and that's right. another thing that could have saved her life. But they can't prove it, so they can't annul Ugh. the marriage.
1: I appreciate that at least this time around, Henry is trying. To not kill her? Yeah,
0: he really couldn't handle I think personally or by his reputation, he could not handle another failed marriage at this point. Oh god no, yeah. Um, but then Darum gives evidence that he and Catherine are still in a relationship. Ugh.
1: He just shouldn't have married her in the first place. He
0: just Oh, he definitely shouldn't have. This was his most ill advised marriage. Easily. Yeah, it's bad. Um, November twenty-third, fifteen forty one, Catherine is stripped of her title as queen. She's... Good thing they never <laughs> did a
1: coronation for. Her. Well, she
0: wasn't crowned, but yeah. she had. He had given her the title.
1: Yes, of course. But at least they didn't go through all that trouble Ugh,
0: again. Um, again, she's imprisoned in Sion Abbey in Middlesex, which was formerly a convent. She is forced to return the ring that she wears, which is actually Anne of Cleves' ring that Henry had given. H- Henry had given to her. She has to
1: return oh. it. She, not only does he ba- write bad poetry, he gives his girlfriend's other girl's jewelry. <laughs> he, he, re-gifts,
0: he re-gifts. He re sucks. Stories. Yeah, he sucks. On December 1st, 1541, Culpepper and Derham are arraigned for treason, and they're executed on December 10th. Culpepper is beheaded. Durham is hanged, drawn, and quartered. They're, this is gross. Their heads are placed on spikes atop of London Bridge, and they stayed there until 1546.
1: Um, that's five years. That's five
0: years, folks. That's uh, disgusting. It gets a little grosser on that front here in a minute. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> lots of Catherine's family members are imprisoned, um, except for the Duke of Norfolk, who got I'm her surprised. there in the first place. Oh, yeah. At this point, he's, like, left court and distanced himself from the scandal. He wrote a letter, um, an apology letter to the king, basically saying, like, uh, this wasn't on me, by the way. This was, like, this was on my stepmom and my niece, who were – this was their idea.
1: It was all his idea.
0: Yeah. All – but He sucks, too. But everybody in his family who's in prison is – tried and found guilty of concealing treason and they're sentenced to life life in prison and they have to forfeit all of their property. Um, uh. Eventually, they were all released and their property was given back to them. But, like, at that point, you're, you know, you're ruined.
1: Yeah. That sucks. Yeah.
0: Um. So, Catherine is still in prison at this point. She... <sighs> So, she, her execution is finalized by an act of parliament, which made it treason and punishable by death for a queen consort um, to fail to disclose her sexual history to the king. Like, still counts as adultery if you don't disclose it, basically. Ugh. So... This solves the issue of whether she had a pre-contract, because now it's illegal for her to have not told the king about it, whether she had a contract or not. So an act of parliament is what seals Catherine's execution.
1: This sucks. Yeah. This poor girl just, like didn't know what she was getting into i know and we
0: still have another Catherine to get to so let me get oh my this god bit. okay so february 10 1542 katherine's taken to the tower of london here's where it gets gross again the boats that are taking her there pass under the bridge where culpepper and durham's heads are Ah, oh, that's
1: just mean
0: yeah that's gross that's just mean um the night before her execution she asks uh the guards to bring a block to her room And she spends hours practicing laying her head on the block. Uh, Monday, February 13th, 1542, Catherine is executed by beheading. Henry did not attend. Here's a quote. According to popular folklore, her final words were, I die a queen, but I would rather have died the wife of Culpepper.
1: Oh, my gosh. But nobody confirmed
0: that. Witnesses say that that's not what she did. Lady Rockford is also executed on the same day on the Tower Green. Both of their bodies are buried in an unmarked grave in a chapel, the chapel of St. Peter at Vincula, another word I can't say. <laughs> um, and this is where Anne and George Bolin were also buried. But this is another quote. Catherine's body was not one of the ones that were identified during restorations of that chapel in Queen Victoria's reign, um she's commemorated on a plaque on the west wall dedicated to all those who died in the tower wow so we don't know exactly
1: where her her remains are i
0: mean they're remains probably are. there
1: they just couldn't identify her right specifically but like everybody else's we've found for the most part yeah i think so yeah huh okay well that was depressing
0: okay well here we go oh my gosh so, there's one more Catherine.
1: Ah, uh, let's close it out <laughs> Catherine parr is born in
0: 1512 Probably in August.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, probably
1: a month again is still better. It's than- still good,
0: and we still have a year. Yeah. Uh her father is Sir Thomas Parr, who's a descendant of King Edward III. Huh. And Thomas is a as a good friend of Henry the Eighth. Her mother is a good friend at, when she's when Catherine Parr is a child. Her mother is a good friend and an attendant of Catherine of Aragon. Catherine Parr is actually named after Catherine of Aragon, Henry's first wife. Um. Who and Catherine of Aragon was her godmother?
1: Poetry. It's all there that she was named after. She's his last wife, and she was named after his first wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, she was born while he was still married to the first wife. Question yeah. mark. Yeah. Oh my god. But I she. This man. She
0: is the oldest of his wives besides Catherine. Right. But um, still, yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, Catherine of
0: Aragon, I mean. They're all named yeah. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine is well-educated. She's fluent in Latin, French, and Italian. Um, at age 17 in 1529, she marries Sir Edward Burr, or possibly Burrow. It, th- there are two pronunciations. Um, he's in his 20s. He didn't – his health wasn't very good. Um, but she gets the title Lady Burgh because of this marriage. Um, it doesn't last terribly long. Edward dies in 1533. And then in 1534, Catherine marries John Neville. With He has lots of titles. <laughs> but the important one is third Baron of Latimer. So she mm. becomes Lady Latimer. Right. Um, John is twice Catherine's age. He's been twice widowed. And he has two children from his first marriage. Mm. So she inherits two stepchildren, basically. Right. He John is Catholic. He does not like Henry's annulment from Catherine of Aragon. And why does this keep opening? Um, and he doesn't approve of his marriage to Anne Boleyn. So this is where things start getting a little weird. October 1536 is the Lincolnshire Rising, which is a rebellion during the Tudor reign. Mm-hmm. There, uh, It's the Catholics trying to rise up against Henry. Sure. Um, I'm going to just read this quote because it will tell you everything that happened. Catholic rebels appeared before the Latimer's home, threatening violence if Latimer did not join their efforts to reinstate the links between England and Rome. So John is taken with these people and Catherine is left alone with two stepchildren and a house (laughs) to take care of.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: In January 1537, this is when the uprising of the North happens and... Catherine and her stepchildren are held hostage at Snape Castle in Yorkshire.
1: Oh my gosh, she has lived a full life before know. she even meets Henry.
0: I Jeez. know.
1: She did. She had a full life before she met him. Um,
0: the rebels ransack their house, and they send word to Lord Latimer basically saying, um, if you don't come back here and help us, we're going to kill your wife and children. Ah, So... So, he comes back to, you know, the house and somehow talks them into releasing the family and leaving. But at this point, the king is getting a lot of conflicting reports like some people are saying, "No, he's standing up for you." And others are like, "No, he's with the Catholics." Like he's he's rebelling against you. Jeez. Um so basically they ask him to, you know, say that these rebels are you know condemn the rebels basically Mm -hmm. um he does probably just to spare his life and he was probably influenced by catherine's brother and uncle who were both people who fought against the catholic rebellions Mm -hmm. um but basically this ruins their reputation right even though he says like no i'm not on their side everybody kind of knows that he a little bit was a little bit was yeah until Thomas Cromwell dies. Thomas Cromwell um, was not up to anything nice. He was <laughs> ever in his life. He, he was blackmailing the Latimers to basically do his bidding. Oh, wow. So, not a cool guy, but no. they get some favor back after Cromwell dies. Okay. Because they have the opportunity to be like, I'm on your side. Um, and this is when Catherine starts going to court. Um, More often. She has friends there, so she spends more time there.
1: Jeez, this woman. Yeah, so
0: to make matters worse, John's health begins to deteriorate around 1542. And Catherine just spends all of her time caring for him until he dies in
1: 1543.
0: Mm. So she's left all of his properties. She's uh, left the guardian of his daughter. um, And she was... To be, if his daughter didn't marry by a certain age, Catherine was to be given like a certain yearly allowance to help support the daughter. Right, um, and so she's like a wealthy widow, but she's financially independent. She can do whatever she wants.
1: Why? Why did Home Girl end up marrying Henry? Well, she could just lived on her own. Right. We'll get there. <laughs> so,
0: February of fifteen forty three, Catherine has used her mother's. Friendship with Catherine of Aragon to solidify a friendship with Lady Mary, who, if you will uh-huh. recall, is Catherine's daughter. Right. Um, and she becomes part of Mary's household. So she's serving Mary's household. Um, and this is when she sort of starts to catch Henry's attention. She, at this time, has started a relationship with Sir Thomas Seymour, who is Jane Seymour's brother. Jane Seymour, if you will recall, was one of the wives of Henry VIII.
1: Once again, a little too close for comfort. Yes. The later we get into this game, the closer and closer all of these people get. Oh, Amanda, it's about to get worse. Very uncomfortable. It's about
0: to get even closer. Um, Catherine really loved Thomas, and she didn't really want to be queen. She didn't really have any motivation for that. Like, she didn't need power or anything. But then she decides, no, no. I, I had, there's a reason she like preys on it. And she's like, no, there's a reason, which we'll get to. So she decides to accept the King's proposal instead of Thomas's.
1: So, oh, th- I, this, I, Catherine has just lived a life. Don't, and she just wanted to be married. Yeah. Be but happy. don't feel
0: too bad for Thomas Seymour either. Cause he, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So oh, July 12, 1543, Catherine and Henry are
1: married um, at Hampton court palace. And she is at least somewhat appropriate for and his appropriately age. Appropriately aged, sure. Not totally, but at least somewhat. Yes.
0: And she is actually the first Queen of England to also be Queen of Ireland. Huh. Uh, because Henry had just ad- adopted the title of King of Ireland. So that's cool. That's a cool fact. Now. Not great for
1: Ireland, but cool. Yeah, right.
0: Um, now, here's the f- it- familial part. Oh, Jesus. I'm just going to read oh, the whole no. quote because it's like a lot of... Stuff okay. Catherine and Henry share several common royal and noble ancestors, making them multiple cousins. Oh, no. By Henry's mother and Catherine's father, they were third cousins once removed, sharing Ralph Neville, first or Earl of Westmoreland, and Lady Joan Beaufort, who was the granddaughter of Edward III. By their and by their fathers, they were double fourth cousins once removed. <laughs> Which is like, (laughs) what? Sharing Thomas Holland, 2nd Earl of Kent, who was the son of Princess Joan of Kent. And Lady Alice Fitzalan, who was the granddaughter of Henry, 3rd Earl of Lancaster. And John of Gaunt, 1st Duke of Lancaster, son of Edward III, and Catherine uh, Swinford. So, somebody else can figure that out.
1: This is the same thing as that... um spanish guy i was telling you about where oh, they yes. just are related in so many ways it's not even funny like, what is that <sighs> all of it all of it is like just far enough removed that it's like yeah and then you get to- nobody would know but like oh my god and then you get
0: to queen victoria who's like screw it i'm just gonna marry my first cousin
1: oh <laughs> like not only were they cousins on one side they were cousins on both sides right. in many ways yeah. So I told you it was going to get even closer and weirder. and it I am so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: anywho, Catherine and Henry are married, like it or not. Catherine makes her former stepdaughter one of her ladies-in-waiting, and her former stepson's wife is also given a place in the household.
1: How weird would it be to have your stepmom, who is like your only living parental figure, now be the queen? Right. Because you are not in any way, shape, or form related to the you have no power king you have no power but that's like she raised them right and and now you're even it's even though it's your stepmom it's still like your mom the highest honor you
0: can get is being one of her ladies in waiting and yet she is the woman who raised you because you're technically she's technically your mother
1: that is so weird (laughs) um
0: catherine has a good relationship with all of henry's children and she plays a really big role in reuniting Henry with his daughters and restoring them back to the line of, of um, succession. a girl. So July to September of 1544, Henry decides to go to France to fight a campaign. It was not successful. Who's surprised? <laughs> but while he's there, he makes Catherine regent. So he has a lot of trust in Catherine. He's good. respects her opinions and... Um, it's because well, she's as not a child. Yeah. because
1: she's not a child. She's yeah. a grown woman who lived a long and full life before him.
0: Yeah, but she also knows how to manipulate him a little bit. Um, nice. Which, again, we'll get to here in just one second. So while she's regent, her council is a lot of people who are kind of on her side. So she can basically rule however she wants nice she holds prayer meetings in her private quarters and she starts spreading the protestant gospel
1: oh boy so here we go
0: catherine's religion is a very big point of contention she's raised catholic but she later converted so she was protestant but she didn't really ever say she was protestant Uh uh-huh um she was not a fan of the catholic church she called them superstitious many uh court like suspected that she was protestant and later they sort of get the truth about this because after henry's death she actually publishes um like two books um the first one prayers or meditations which was published in 1545 was the first book published in england to be written by a woman and published under her own name heck yeah right that is rad. That's pretty cool. But her second book in 1547 called Lamentation of a Sinner, it's basically all of her Protestant thoughts. Mhm. Um she promotes the concept of justification by faith alone, which is the opposite of
1: <laughs> the Catholic <laughs> right, right, right. Uh,
0: beliefs. So she she definitely was a Protestant, but while she was at court it was kind of like is she, isn't she? Um So this is why she married Henry. She Mm -hmm. has a very strong belief that God wanted her to be queen so that she could convince Henry to fully separate from Rome, like for real this time, and remove Catholicism from England altogether.
1: This whole, this is so interesting to me because the wives that he had that had political power of any sort all used it for the church. Well, that's because that's
0: where all the power was.
1: Yeah. Especially at this time,
0: because he separated from, oh, he made a statement with the church.
1: Yeah. But it's also because, like, that's one of the only places where women can find any power is in the church. Sort of. Sort of. But it's like, there was a belief that changes throughout history, goes back and forth, that, like, women were holy you know what i mean yeah although that's not really
0: as much of a belief in england at this time yeah
1: but like that's like one of the only standings that women could have were like i'm a holy mother you know what i mean like that was like a thing and like the fact that all of these women were like i have power and i'm going to use it to like twist the church into something i want to see it become is, like, fascinating to me. Well, and
0: I think they also all clearly saw that Henry, like, had no plan. And he is separated from Rome, and then they were like, okay, well, now you have to decide, though. And so there was a lot of that back
1: and forth. Well, and the church had such an influence on everyday people's lives at that point, like... Well, it's all they had. had, Somebody had to figure out what to do with it, and if it wasn't going to be Henry, it was going to have to be his wives, (laughs) like... And, you know, when he separated from the Church of Rome, like, the
0: Catholics... Rose up and, but then he kept a lot of their traditions. So they were a little bit mollified, but the Protestants have nothing at this point. So they're considered heretics. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not a good look in 1546. Catherine argues with Henry about religion. She is basically saying to him, like it's time. Like you need to completely remove yourself from Rome, Mm -hmm. which he does not like, but, (laughs) um, because he, because he's like, you know, you, you're my wife. You should not be trying to influence me. Mm-hmm. So in 1546, an arrest warrant is drawn up for Catherine by the Bishop of Winchester. He's been keeping an eye on Catherine and knows he knows she's Protestant and he knows uh-huh. that they've argued. He overheard it, so uh-huh. he like comes to the king and he's like, Hey, that's not cool. So. The difference here is that Catherine has warning that this is happening. Mm. Somebody tells her somehow. She sees the warrant. She knows that that's coming. So she goes to Henry and she's like, no, 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 no. I wasn't trying to convince you. I wanted to hear what you thought. I, you are ordained by God. So I was trying to get the truth out of you. Mm, also, I was clever. trying to distract you from your pain because she cares for him a lot with his uh-huh. ulcerous legs. She she takes care of him, um, which I think is another reason he wanted to marry her because he knew she had nursed his her ex husband. Uh-huh. Um, so she's like, no, no, no. I was trying to distract you from the pain. So they make up, but they but the people who drew up the warrant didn't know that. So they try to deliver it to him while they're. While she's walking with the king one day. And he's like, absolutely not. (laughs) He shuts them down. She's very smart. She's very smart. So in 1547, Henry's health is failing. And he makes a provision for 7,000 pounds at the time, I guess, uh, per year for Catherine to support herself.
1: Hey, in 1547, that's a heck of a lot of money. And
0: when you're Henry, and this is your what? sixth wife you don't have to do that you know yeah um he also ordered that after his death catherine would be should be given the respect the respect of a queen of england as if he were still alive even mm-hmm. though her title would technically be like the queen da- yeah um so january 28 1547 here it is my friends this is the day henry the eighth dies at age 55 bye (laughs) on what would have been his father's
1: 90th birthday wow that's interesting he his whole his whole life is full of weird poetic justice that he didn't plan for at all and also doesn't deserve because he sucks right it's so interesting (laughs) but it's It's all over his life it is his life is riddled with it yeah it's very circular in odd ways yes absolutely yeah time is a circle yeah yeah right
0: He's uh interred in uh St. George's Chapel Windsor Castle next to Jane Seymour. So he picked that wife to be buried next to because it was the only Which one he really liked except is he liked Catherine Parr. But yeah. You know, He died first. Um yeah. I get it. I get it, Henry. Yeah. So in the aftermath, January 31st, 1547, Edward, um the 6th, who is Henry's son, uh-huh his crown king. He's 9 years old.
1: Sure.
0: So he has a regency. Yeah. Um Thomas Seymour is part of his advisory. Uh So he's very close with Edward. Um, Anyway, Catherine retires from court. She moves out to Chelsea at her home that's out there. And six months after Henry passes, Catherine is proposed to by Thomas again. She's Queen Dowager at this point. So she has to be given permission to remarry by the Regency Council who is in place until Edward is 18. Right. Because he would give permission if he were old enough. Right, 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 right. Um. So, in May, Catherine and Thomas marry in secret.
1: Why? Would they just wait? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they're old. Might as well. Yeah, but also, they
0: have to... uh <laughs> Yeah. When the marriage is eventually made public, Edward and Mary do not like this. Because, by the way, Edward and Mary are very close. Uh-huh. And Mary has a lot of influence over him when he's first... Um starting his reign yeah um mary is not a fan of this at all thomas writes to mary and is like hey could you stand up for me and she's like absolutely not <laughs> and she actually orders elizabeth to never have contact with Catherine again and Catherine and elizabeth are also close
1: oh um, that's rough
0: yeah and elizabeth is also like living with someone else oh, elizabeth's life oh my god wait till we get there <laughs> Um, so in March of 1548, Catherine becomes pregnant at age 35, which is unexpected because A, she's 35, and B, she has never gotten pregnant in any of her previous marriages. Um, so here's where Thomas gets pretty freaking shady. Oh no. He starts pursuing Elizabeth
1: because when he
0: and Catherine were not together, Thomas's plan becomes, oh, I'll marry Elizabeth, and then I'll have the power I so desire. Because he's Ew, not going to marry Mary because she's a Catholic. Right? Yeah. So, and also,
1: she would never. She, oh,
0: absolutely <laughs> not. It's not in the cards. So, Catherine had actually, like, seen them together. Not in a salacious way. Uh-huh. But um, here, I'm just going to read the quote. Catherine appears not only to have acquiesced in episodes of horseplay, but actually to have assisted her husband. What? I think that what she thought was that, you know, if I die, they'll both be set up. They'll both be good to go. Sure. You know, that's my guess, but who knows? This is all like way too close for comfort. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: but in May of 1548, Elizabeth is sent to stay in someone else's house. And she never actually sees Catherine again, but they do write to each other. June 1548, Catherine and Lady Jane Grey, who's a good friend of hers, um, who later becomes the Nine Days Queen, Hmm. which we can discuss when we discuss Edward, (laughs) um, they move to subtly castle That's in, good enough sure and in, in Gloucestershire. um where i like that you couldn't say subtly but you could say gloucester <laughs> but i've heard that one a hundred times yeah um where catherine promises to educate jane um so they have like this little friendship mm-hmm. there um august 30th 1548 catherine gives birth to a daughter mary seymour who is named after um, mary mary the yeah. first first daughter um, and then September 5th, 1548, Catherine dies due to complications from childbirth. She got a fever because of the bad hygiene. Right. But this meant that she outlived Henry by 18 months. Wow. So September At least somebody did. <laughs> yeah, right? The only one. September 7th, Catherine's funeral is held, and it was the first Protestant funeral to be held in English. Huh. It's very interesting. She was the first for a lot of interesting things. She was. Things. Um, she's buried at Saint Mary's Chapel on the grounds of that castle. I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> um, she is the only royal to be buried in a private
1: residence. Again, also very interesting. Yeah.
0: And huh. then Thomas Seymour is beheaded for treason on March twentieth, <laughs> fifteen. That was on my birthday. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> That's all
1: I want for my birthday. Thomas Seymour to <laughs> be that beheaded. Guy. Yep. <laughs> Screw that guy. And that's that is the end of the story. Oh, we've done it! Did you enjoy the story at least? Oh, yes, very much. I'm good, I'm glad. But we finally have gotten through all of his wives. Yes,
0: I will eventually talk about his children.
1: Yes, we've been working through his wives since we started doing this podcast. No, our first episode was his first wife. Oh my gosh! And this is episode fifteen. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah fascinating bit of history, my friend. Yes, very much And so. nothing like that,
1: like, there was no precedent for something like that and nothing oh, like no. that happened since. No. So. Because, like, the only other reason royals ever got married or remarried is when spouses died.
0: Well, or, you know, I'm sure some of them were treated unfairly in sort of similar ways, but it was never this dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It uh, was like. And, like, one after the other, after the other, you know, it was like.
1: Yeah. Nobody it was like someone like was that. actively writing their dramatic lives. Like, it's it's so odd. It shouldn't be real. It's yeah. very strange. And it's so fascinating that it's all driven by Henry's sense of paranoia. Yeah. You
0: know, he he was so paranoid that he was going to lose the throne. And that if he left it in the hands of a woman, their their line would would lose it. And then it turns out that his two daughters were...
1: They ruled in a way that
0: nobody else
1: ever did. did again. Well, and it was his paranoia that caused it. Like yeah. if he would have just had those girls and hadn't changed like the religion or anything like that, and they just ruled, it probably wouldn't wouldn't have turned out like that. Like it's entirely yes, his fault. Yes, but also like Elizabeth
0: the first would not have been the person that she was if not for no. the way her father was. Like she no. she never married because of yeah. that. Like basically traumatic experience. trauma. Yeah. Yeah, and it and people loved her for it. She was the most beloved
1: queen England had up until Victoria. And yeah, just so
0: it's so all entirely
1: his fault. Like his paranoia directly influenced everything that happened after that. Absolutely, and it's wild. Yeah, like I said, America wouldn't exist. That's true. Had it not been for this. and just these, like, these women who were just like, I don't know, just like victims of him, circumstance of him yeah yeah it says so much about like the times yeah. their that whole experience and the way that all of that happened it's very it's a very interesting look at that
0: yeah to- and i, period I of history. really wanted to frame it around talking about them and their lives because yeah you don't ever he- except for anne y- Boleyn, you don't really hear about the others yeah. and it, they just become like one of henry's victims which yeah. they aren't yeah <laughs> I mean, they, they are and they, and they each, aren't. You know, yeah. At the same they time. each
1: like had very specific influences on him yes. in one way or another. Yeah, that like all of them changed the course of history in some way. Absolutely, man. It's fascinating. Women, woman, best, yeah.
0: Oh <sighs> well. I'm not going to do a Google autofill because we've talked for a long time, but... Yeah, it's a long one. Yeah. Um, Thank you for listening, listener. If you've made it through all of the Tudor Wives, wow. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know what we're talking about next time. I don't either. Okay. Um, (laughs) Haven't picked anything yet. We'll figure it out. If you listeners have uh, suggestions for things you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you have any other questions or anything like that... Excuse me, I burped. Wow, gross. Um, (laughs) You can... Email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter and send us tweets there at RTTPod. Uh, if you want to find me, myself, and I on social media, I am at the real Anna Webb
1: across all platforms. And I'm at ACWNerdFighter all over the internet.
0: All over the internet.
1: Yep. All right. Wow. Is that it? Is that all we've got? I think so. All right. So...
0: Until next time, remember that time.